I've been struck this week with the thought of how majestic God is. The thought that there are so many times in our life that I believe that we take the majesty of God and to us it becomes commonplace. We just go about our days in and out without a true thought of how big God really is. Our lives become overwhelming the day in, the day out. It's just another morning. It's just another day. And we forget that we actually live and move and have our being because of the ultimate being, if you will, the ultimate God, our creator. It's because of him we live and, and move and, and have our being. It's because of him that we, that we have life. And yet we go through life in so many ways as just commonplace. Think of God, God gets forgotten many times. And I want to spend some time this morning thinking about the power of God that's uh, in understanding who He is, the power of God that's available to us in our lives, uh, to get beyond just the daily view of things, the understanding of what we see around us, and to, to take in mind the majesty of God. And so, you know, I'm kind of reminded of that often with having Dennis as a son. Dennis is a huge chemistry guy. And, you know, I don't, you never see this, but I do. I, he hands me coffee cups on a regular basis. This one was kind of made in a hurry earlier, but with chemistry formulas on here that I, I don't even know what they are. You know, Dad, did you see what I wrote on your cup? I'm like, yeah, I did some, but I didn't understand it, you know. And some of these things that we take for granted, you know, for me, coffee, you know, I have it day in and day out, you know, and he can break down all the, the chemical formula or structure, organic structure, if you will, and, and like, that's coffee. You know, but for me, it's just I'm grinding some beans and throwing them in a blender, but there's, there's a majesty to it, isn't there? There's things that we don't see. You know, as big as the world is, and we see this in the book of Romans chapter 1, God says his... His, his, the, the quality of, of what we see around us, just nature itself speaks to how big God is. If you just look at it, nature itself, in other words, is a testimony to God. You know, I can think of things that I've seen like, you know, sunsets, you know, the eclipse not too long ago that we saw. I can think of going to Niagara Falls, which to me looks like kind of the ocean going off the side of the, of the earth almost, you know, just crazy things like that. And some of you have seen some amazing places in Hawaii. Thankfully, when you all went, it wasn't exploding like it is right now, you know, but you've seen some beautiful things. Uh, Diane sent me a picture this week. She's finally back, um, coming in back home today, um, but she's been on a cruise with her mom all week. And so she's been sending me pictures through the week that are just so beautiful, it makes me want to puke because it's kind of like, here I am in this office all day, and she's got a balcony room on this cruise ship. So she's having her devotions, you know, overlooking this massive, beautiful blue ocean while I'm sitting on the couch having mine, you know. But those pictures just remind me again of the majesty of God, how big he is, and that very God is the one who wants a relationship with us. We get to have a relationship with a God that made everything, all that we see, and the things that we can't see. As much as there are grand things above the ocean, and we talked about Niagara Falls and Hawaii and beautiful places like that, 
a simple sunset. There are also things that are so small and intricate and majestic that we can barely comprehend. Thinking on a small level, on a, on a chemical level, thinking of what I just mentioned with Dennis. It used to be that the, the whole point that uh, the idea of, of evolution was considered was that, well, things went, for, they, they thought anyway, things, and they still claim, which I disagree clearly with, went from this little thing, this big thing, and they thought they weren't as complicated as they are. But as they began to look at the smallest things they could look, they realized this isn't just a blob. This is a, like, city within a city of complexity. When you look at a cell, for example, when you and I were in school, it was probably, I don't know if you remember getting this, I remember getting a quiz, it was like, all right, here's the, the outside of the cell, and there's a nucleus, and there's the, whatever this stuff is, there's like three or four parts to it. Anybody remember that? Or am I crazy? Okay. I'm crazy. Thanks, Justin. But <laughs> inside of that was like, you know, a, a bustling, if we were to kind of imagine it, city inside of just this cell with complexities we had no earthly idea about. And it's just in the biggest things and in the, the, what we consider the littlest things, the things are, are they're comp infinitely complex because of the majesty and the power of our Creator. That's the God that we worship. That's the God that we serve. The God that we serve is, is so much bigger than we ever contemplate sometimes. It's so much bigger than just this service will never do justice to who God is. We gather together on a weekly basis to, to worship Him, but sometimes we, I think we forget how big He really is. And so I want to just take a moment to think about that. But I want to look at just two passages today. And we're going to begin by looking at, at Colossians chapter 1. And I'm going to do the whole phone thing today. We're going to look at Colossians chapter 1 verse, verse 9. And we're going to go through this relatively quickly. I'm going to pull out a few points and we're going to go to Ephesians chapter 6 after that. But in Colossians chapter 1, we have Paul talking here and in verse 9 it says, And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. It's talking the day that we heard about you Colossians following God, we've not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of His will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding. Praying, Paul was saying, we've been praying for you, Colossians, that you would really get and understand what God's will is for your life. And when we, we think about the will for our life, you know, it's not just about what God's plan is for us to have a job and those kind of things. That seems to be our main concern, but His will for us is so much bigger than that. So we've been praying that you would be filled with the knowledge of His will. What does God want for you, right? And all spiritual wisdom and understanding that you get it, that you would grasp it. And it says in verse 10, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. And that's really what we think about a lot on Sunday mornings and in and, and our devotional times that we have with God is that we would walk in a manner that's, that's worthy of the Lord, that would be something that pleases Him, right? Worthy of what he's actually called us to. And I think about this a lot. You know, as to be called Christian, to be called a, a follower of Christ means something. It's huge. You're a follower of the almighty creator of the heavens and the earth. That's, that's, that's who you are. That's huge. 
and we don't fully grasp that sometimes. We want to live in a manner worthy of, of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him. And it says this, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Are you, are you bearing fruit? Are there things in your life that you are literally, the people can point to and say, you know what, I see changes in you. I see the fruit of God in your life. Sometimes, you know, unfortunately, though, there's more of a, uh, there can be a, a sense of stag, I want to say stagnancy. I don't think that's an actual word. Stagnation, that's the word. Thank you. There's a sense of stagnation in our lives where we just, there's, there seems to be no change. You know, uh, I've, I've <laughs> Diane was opposed to this, but I went ahead and did it anyway. I, there's, it's not that bad. Don't worry. There, I wanted to plant a couple of plants. J- Justin got me thinking about this because he's got a garden going. He's planted jalapeno peppers and tomatoes and, 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 and salad. Or not salad. What's the? <laughs> Could you plant salad? All the ingredients for salad, okay? All right. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, so I wanted to plant something. But if you've ever seen my house, it is literally surrounded by hardwood trees with leaves everywhere. So there's like hardly any sunshine. It's, it's a miracle we have grass, quite frankly. But there's this one area of our house, I would say, the only area that gets full sun all day long. And that's right next to the mailbox. So instead of planting flowers in our little mailbox box, I went ahead and I planted one tomato plant and one jalapeno plant. And they're doing great. But what's exciting is, is that, you know, of course the rain helped, but I go to get the mail every day. That's just what I've always done. And because of that, it's really easy to remember, hey, water the plants. And so I water them. And so every day I am literally looking at those plants and I'm checking on the progress. And it's really exciting to me in particular with my jalapeno plant to see fruit. It's already loaded with probably like 15 just tiny little jalapenos right now, just the size of, you know, my little pinky finger. But as I go every day, I see them getting, getting growing and getting bigger and bigger, and it's just exciting to me to see that fruit. And it's such a difference compared to what we've done in the past. And I remember having a, a house a long time ago in Chapin, and the ground where I was at was like hard clay. And I had for some reason decided I was going to plant a green pepper plant I remember going out there and, and checking on it, but the plant, when I had bought it, I figured it would be really successful because it already had this little tiny green pepper already on it. So I'm like, I can't fail, you know. So I plant this thing. I remember watering it here and there, but I never did anything to the soil. I don't know what the deal was with it. I'm really not a green thumb kind of guy, but the green pepper never really grew. It just sat there and sat there. And I remember finally I just gave up and picked it one day and, and ate this little tiny green pepper. Nothing happened. But see, as much as we would go out on a daily basis, if you're, if you're a gardener, if you like to do those kinds of things, you expect to see some kind of change. You expect to see fruit. That's the whole reason that you plant a jalapeno plant, that you plant a tomato plant. That's the reason you do it. You don't plant those things for their beauty, which is why Diane didn't want me planting it by the mailbox. You know, 
No, no one's going to drive by like, those are some handsome jalapenos right there. But I tell you what, <laughs> they don't do it. It's for fruit. It has a purpose. It has a reason. Our purpose, of course, is that we may live lives that bring God glory. It's really simple, but at the same time, it can be really complex, right? Why isn't it happening in our lives sometimes? The real question when you look at that verse is, you know, is there fruit in your life? Are there things in your life that are changing? What's going on? Or is it the experience of the other green pepper plant where it's just, it's the same thing day in and day out? You know, it's, the problem is, is not with the Lord. You know, we, the Lord speaks truth to us on a regular basis, and we have a choice, don't we? He's given us free will, which we think is great sometimes. Other times it's not so great. I just wish he would just change me, you know? I wouldn't have a choice about it sometimes. Doesn't you just wish sometimes you weren't such a bonehead about stuff, you know, that you would just always do the right thing. But that's not how God's made us. He's made us with that free will, with that choice to truly choose to follow him or not on a moment-by-moment, on a day-by-day basis. What's happening in our lives? And I, and I hope that you can look and you can say, you know, just considering this, the year that began in January, right? What's gone on since January? Has there been some, some areas of your mind that have changed the way you think about things? What, what's the condition or the status of your heart maybe towards people that have driven you nuts? You know, Madonna, you and me sharing the struggle. How's our, our driving, you know, been as far as how we deal with, you know, are we, you know, is there spit on the windshield because we're so irritated with people? Or, you know, what are our hearts like with that? What is God doing? And so God expects to, to see this growth in us. There should be some increase. We should be bearing fruit, it says, in every good work, and then increasing in the knowledge of God. I think it's interesting that it's put in that order because sometimes in the church we increase a lot of knowledge and, and then diminish the doing. There's no fruit. There's nothing happening. There's nothing changing. But we've got a lot of knowledge you know, uh, there's a song that used to be out back in the day called Fat Babies, you know, because like, you just, you'd have all kinds of people that were taking and taking in. It's like you eat, you eat, but you never exercise anything. You never do anything about the knowledge that you have. Bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 11 says, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might. I love that verse because we're, we're going to be looking in, in, in Roman or excuse me in Ephesians 6 in a moment, being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, being strengthened with God's power. Within ourselves, we, we don't have the ability to live the life God's calling us to do. We don't have the ability to do anything without him actually. The Bible says all good things come from him. Where does the very breath that you breathe come from? It comes from Him. I don't know if you've ever made pottery or played with Play-Doh when you're in school or at home. Raise your hand if you've done that, okay? Did anyone take the time to be observant enough to look closely after you or stopped what you were working on or finished it and look closely at what you had made? If you look closely... 
you would notice that you had little fingerprints, right, all over that Play-Doh. Whether it was blue or pink or whatever it was, yellow, or you mix it together and made some disgusting purple and black clay, you know, you could see your fingerprints on it. Where the Lord, His fingerprints are all over us. The air we breathe all comes from Him. Our ability to live and to move and to have our being, as I mentioned earlier, is because of Him, because of the power that He gives us. I'm going to keep going real quick. Verse 12, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. It says He's delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of His beloved Son. That's something we forget about a lot. We don't remember sometimes what it was like to not be a believer in Christ. We forget sometimes. But there's a darkness that's there without being connected to the one who made us. It says in verse 14, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of our sins, right? I love this. He's the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. I love this in verse 17, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. In him all things hold together. Dennis and I didn't coordinate any of this. I could ask him a bunch of questions about this, but I know he'll talk to me a lot about these chemical bonds, and there's different kinds of bonds that hold things together, and covalent and what now? Ionic bonds and all words I don't understand, okay? But, you know, we can try to break that down and understand it, but there there are some ways in which literally God himself just holds things together. The entire, excuse me, universe is held together because of him, because of the power of God. Now, I want us to turn over to Ephesians chapter 6 as we as we, we wrap up this morning because we're going to look at Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10. Considering the, the majesty of, of who God is, considering the power of God that we desperately need at work in our lives, one of the things that we, we forget about a lot is this very very nature of seeing things the way that he does, being able to see and understand spiritual things. Again, if we we make God common in our lives, we don't have our mind really remaining open to all that he is and all that he does. When it comes to spiritual things as well, they can become common. We forget about passages like this in Ephesians chapter 6 that they remind us literally of the spiritual world that's active around us. Because there are things that are, are, are so much deeper than just what we see in the outside. Consider a, a struggle that you have right now. I don't know what it is. But whatever that struggle is, I want you to consider the very fact that it actually might be a little bit deeper than you think. There might be spiritual forces at work when it comes to this kind of thing. In Ephesians chapter 6, we're going to look at verse 10. 
And it says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. I think that's key right there, too. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. What do we typically do to be strong? We typically lean on ourselves, right? I've got this. I can handle this. We try to do things so many times on our own. And usually when we try to handle things on our own, we, we mess it up big time. But it says, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And it says, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. The schemes of the devil. What are the schemes of the devil? We don't like to, you know, you don't hear a lot of people talk about this sometimes, you know. I mean, let's be honest. I mean, you know, other than watching a scary movie, you know, it's having a conversation about the devil and his schemes is not really something that I enjoy talking about. But, you know, that's really kind of part of his scheme, t- to be quite honest, is the very aspect of, reali- of not even thinking about the, the fact that he has schemes. That he's, that he, as the Bible says, that the, the devil prowls around, right, like a roaring lion seeking whom he may what? Devour. Not gnaw on, not nibble on and play with like a, like, you know, like a cat, okay? Devour. He is out to devour us. When's the last time you thought about that? Is anybody, I'm serious, raise your hand if you thought about that in the last week. Good, okay. How about the, uh, but that's a very minority of us, okay? But keeping in mind his schemes is important because we need to be relying upon the power of God. We need to be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. What are those schemes? I'm curious. I want to. What what would you envision as a scheme of the devil? Well, that's his plan, right? It's to steal, to kill, and to destroy. But what does that mean on a, you know, on a day to day basis? I wonder. Anything that keeps us away from God, Dennis? Yeah. Adding stress and problems to your life. Chaos. Guilt and doubt. You guys are all over this today. This is great. Um, Madonna, thinking about the traffic situation that you and I commiserate about, what kind of scheme would you see as the devil, and how would he be involved in something like that? Ten miles slow. so i'm not necessarily saying that the devil purposely made the guy in front of you go 10 miles under the speed limit but the scheme of the devil oftentimes is you know he'll use that won't he he'll use opportunities go ahead Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Mm. 
want you to consider something that I've put a lot of thought into over the last, I don't know, six months. Growing, growing up um, as a young Christian and reading different things and hearing different people talk, I never believed that, <coughs> that I could hear the devil speak, okay, in my mind. I want you to stop and consider, consider this for a second, because sometimes bad theology can really mess up how you live, because if you've thought something for so long and it's been wrong, it can really, you know, if you're thinking the wrong things, the Bible says in, in, in Romans, be, you should be transformed by the renewing of your mind, okay? Uh, there's another passage that says, as a man thinks, so is he, okay? So if you think the wrong things you live the wrong way, and you can be left unguarded, okay? I want you to consider this for a second. Where does the spiritual battle that we face take place? The spiritual battle that we take place is in an invisible thing that no one can see or hear but us. It's in our minds, okay? It takes place there. It's, it's not, it's, uh, there are times, and we see this in Scripture, where where Things were physically seen, okay? But as far as the things that we hear, I think, quite often, and there have been audible times, we think about if God speaks to you, how many of you, and I hope you have, that'd be great, I have not, maybe once. When Have you ever heard God's voice audibly, like with your ears? We don't typically hear God with our physical ears. We hear Him in our minds, Okay? So the, the battleground, spiritually, if you will, takes place in, in our minds. We, we hear things, we consider things, our hearts as well are engaged when it comes to spiritual things, okay? Our hearts and minds are where spiritual things take place within us, okay? If we hear God in our minds, is it not also... And I would encourage you to, to search this out in Scripture because I'm, you know, by the way, when you, we hear a pastor speak, it's okay to question him, okay? Not all pastors, not pa- pastors are not infallible, okay? Only God is, all right? So, but, but this is from studying Scripture and my understanding and particularly thinking about this recently, I believe that, that you can actually hear the devil in your mind. I believe that there is that God speaks to you, and that you can literally be, you can hear the devil as well. And I believe that that when we consider, for example, driving, and thoughts. Have you ever had? This is a prime example. A thought come into your head. You have no idea where it came from, and you know it's not you, and you know it's not God. If it's not you, if it's not God, who is it? And I'm not trying to get creepy, okay? And I'm telling you not to take my word for it, to study Scripture, okay? But I, but I am under, under the impression right now from what I've studied in my life that I believe that that, it, that that is a very strong possibility. And to me, sometimes the only thing that makes sense, things that just show up in there that you know are not you. Thoughts about other people, you know, th- things were, you know, just... Why don't you blah, 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 or I don't know. You know what I'm talking about. 
It's funny because I don't really have to go into much detail, and you're already shaking your heads thinking, yeah. The other opportunity is you're crazy, right? You're nuts. You should be admitted. You should get counseling. Where do these thoughts come from, counselor? And if you, there are thoughts that you've probably had in your head that if you said out loud, you would never tell anybody. Have you had a thought like that? <laughs> you can raise your hand, okay? Yeah. The battlefield, considering that, if, if you've never, if you don't believe that's possible, let me ask you this, how much would you, how, how would that leave you wide open for attack, if you will, as far as considering spiritual warfare? If, that, if, if, if that's just your mind and that's not the evil one, you know, and you've, if there was no way it could be him, then how are you supposed to do spiritual battle? Okay? What else would it look like? Are we going to see the devil physically? It's possible, but how many of you have? When, when it says the devil tempted Jesus in the wilderness, it doesn't say that he physically saw him either. I'm sure that he could have because he's God. But it takes place, I believe, here. And considering that, I want you to look at this passage with me for a moment. Because we truly need the power of God in our lives to stand against the schemes of the devil. When you consider the schemes of the devil, then he can whisper all kinds of things to you, can't he? The devil's been around longer than we have and knows human nature very, very well. And so for him to put a little thought in your head that if you don't address it, can really take you down a wrong road. There's another passage of Scripture that's just escaping me right now that, that talks about taking every thought captive. You ever heard that verse? And I believe that points to the truth of uh, that what I'm saying is true, I believe. Why would you need to take a thought captive? If they're thoughts from God, you want to take those to your heart, right? So we need to continually... The things that come into our mind, be aware of who's speaking here, okay? Put on the whole armor of God that you might be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle, I like this, against flesh and blood. Our spiritual warfare isn't over flesh and blood, right? But against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness. Against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places, or if you will, in, in the spiritual realm. Now, it's really easy to just laugh that off again and make it common, right? Ah, oh, this is just the way I think. This is just, it's just, is it? I believe that's a scheme of the devil often. So, therefore, it says this, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day or I would say even in the evil moment, okay? And having done all to stand, it says, stand therefore. And then it talks about the armor of God. It talks about the things that God gives us to be strong in Him, not in ourselves, to be strong in Him, as we read earlier. Stand therefore, having fastened on, this is key, it's interesting it's mentioned first, the belt of truth, 
How many times do you think lies are spoken? If, we can, if the devil can pull us away from the truth, then we're, we're, we're done for, okay? We forget the truth, for example, of, of who God is, what Christ has done for us, what it means that the old is gone and the new has come, right? How many of you struggle with that very thought? We heard a lot from Darcy this last week, you know, where, where it talks about not hanging on to the, she talked about not hanging on to the trash of the past, and that, you know, if we, well, we just, but we have these thoughts that we, maybe we should hang on to this kind of thing. Or you're not this kind of person. You're that kind of person. Are you who Christ says you are? Or are you listening to what the devil says? Considering that those thoughts can enter into our mind. Who are you in Christ? If you don't know that, if you're not solid about that, then how do you do battle in that? insecurities, for example, that we face that come into our minds, you know, and you see this even outside of the aspect of your mind, you know. Um, I, I believe that as far as physical appearance, that women deal with, with, with that kind of issue, right, with insecurities. I, I think my wife is, is beautiful. She's gorgeous. But even she wonders, well, uh, you know, am I, am I, she, you know, she'll ask me different things, you know, how, you, of how I see her, you know, and, and, and why would you, why would you, I'm like, why, I don't understand sometimes why she can't see what I see, but we have thoughts that come into our head many times that tell us things that are different, you're ugly, you're fat, you're stupid, you're, you know, those kinds of things, if, if, does anybody catch what I'm saying here? And so on that kind of level, we kind of begin to get it. But in, spirit, in, in spiritual things, too, it's not just that. It, it's all kinds of, of bigger things where, where, you know, God doesn't love you. How could God love someone like you? Well, if you know the truth, you can point to Scripture, can't you? Well, this is what God says here. Well, you know, the, you're a new what in Christ? Your new creation in Christ, and, and what's happened now? What? Is it? Is it really, Darcy? I mean, look at what you just did earlier this morning. Is the old gone? That's what the devil will say. That's the thought that will come into your head. Am I really forgiven? How do you, how do you battle that? You battle that with truth, which comes from Scripture. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. The belt, what? It holds the pants up, right? It holds everything together. If you don't have truth, you have nothing, okay? We have to be able to battle these kinds of lies, these kinds of things with the truth of God. Stand therefore having fastened on the belt of truth. And I love this, having put on the breastplate of righteousness. What is it that covers your heart, right? You see all these movies, uh, you get, if you're getting shot at, they're shooting either at your head or your heart, right? Or even with arrows, no matter what time, what age it was. In the past to the present, they're going after the head or the heart. And what is it that covers your chest? What is it that covers your, your, the, the breastplate, right? What does it say? Righteousness. Where does that come from? Well, first of all, where does truth come from? It comes from, the, from God. Where does righteousness come from? 
What? Are you sure? Good. I'm glad you're sure. Because, so then why do we try to think it comes from us, right? The question I mentioned, Darcy, I saw what you did this morning. Well, that's, that's Darcy's righteousness. The breastplate of righteousness that protects us is Christ's righteousness. And guess what? He's what? He's perfect. Never did anything wrong. So that is some, some solid armor there, isn't it? The belt of truth, the breastplate of, of righteousness, Christ's righteousness. Put these things on. And verse 15 says, And as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness, I love this, given by the gospel of peace. When you, you ever, I don't know if you guys are like me right now, I'm trying to work out, okay? Been pretty faithful lately, actually. Except for this week, it was just a couple days shy because Diane was gone and other excuses. Um, but if you get ready, maybe you can remember those days, you put your, your shoes up and you tie them down, right? Kind of have that men mentality and you're ready to go, all right? Sometimes I don't walk into the gym that way. It takes a while for me to kind of get, oh, yeah, here I am. But, but there should be this aspect. This is talking about the, the readiness that comes, okay? You've got your shoes on and you're ready. But look at what it says. This is cool. Having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. You're ready to go to charge hell, if you will, with a water pistol. You've got the passion in your heart. You're ready to rock and roll for the day, if you will, okay, because of this, because of the gospel of peace. If you have peace, you're ready to go. It's those times where we don't have peace that we're not ready to go, right? Where we have the worries, where we have the fears, where we have the, the doubts. We, there's something that's going on where we don't have peace because of this situation. Have situations ever changed your, your get up and go? You know? Like, I, <laughs> for me, it could be, all right, I've been doing good. I've been in the gym the last two weeks. Let me go stand on the scale. Ugh. This is worthless. You ever had that moment? And you just, your heart sinks. I haven't lost a pound. I've been working my butt off. You don't have peace, right? Uh, how do you go out and charge the day ready to serve the Lord when all of a sudden you get this phone call and you find out something about your kids or there's some issue or there's some problem at work or whatever it is and just, you know, it makes your heart sink, right? You don't have that peace. You're not ready. Because of Christ, we have the readiness that comes, it says, from the gospel of peace. You remember what we've been talking about in Colossians in chapter 3, right? To let the peace of Christ what? Somebody please tell me this. Let the peace of Christ what? Dwell is correct, but there's a stronger word. It involves kings. Reign is a good word, but I'm looking for the word rule, but that's close enough. Ding, ding, ding. Okay? Let the peace of Christ rule. And if the peace of Christ rules, all the other stuff doesn't rule, so then you have true peace. What really matters is the peace of Christ. And so you're ready to go and handle anything that comes your way, any kind of spiritual warfare, any kind of junk and stuff, 
because of the peace that Christ gives you, because of the peace of God that rules. This is getting into a long sermon, and so I'm just going to read through this and we're going to quit, okay? In all circumstances, oh, not just a couple, all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. How important then, how important then is faith in the Lord? He's going to handle it, right? And take the helmet of salvation. What is it that truly covers this most vital spot? Well, we just had communion. We were just reminded of what Jesus did for us, our salvation, our forgiveness of our sins, the old gone, new come, new creations in Christ. That's the helmet. And, of course, this is key in the sword of the Spirit, which is what? The Word of God. The, the, the truth of God's Word holds things together, and it's also the truth of God's Word, that is, and you've heard this before, which is the only offensive weapon in this list. It's the Word of God. How did, how did Jesus, when we consider that time in the wilderness when he was tempted by the devil, how did he fight back? Anybody know? Quoting Scripture. Jesus could have literally just been done with the devil right then. You know, he could have just wiped him out, you know. But he did battle to show us how to do battle. You're going to have things that, that where the devil does assault you, where thoughts and, and things come into your mind and worries and fears. He's going to put as many of those as he can shove there because if he feels he can take away the peace of God, he's got you. If you're not handling those things with truth, he's got you. He's going to pull you down this road and moment by moment, day after day, try to pull you as far away from Christ as he can. So understanding the truth of God and understanding how to do battle with Scripture as well, no, that's not true. My righteousness is whose? Christ's. No, 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 that's not true. The Bible says in 2 Corinthians 5.17 that I'm a new creation in Christ and that the old is gone and the new has come. No, I'm not going to let that come into my heart and bother me because I know what it says in, in Colossians chapter 3 about having the peace of Christ and letting it rule. I'm choosing to let the peace of Christ rule in my life today. Thank you very much. This morning as, as we wrap up, don't let today or the next be just common. Our lives are not common. We are not just physical beings that wake up and eat and sleep. We are spiritual beings that serve a God who is so great that it blows our minds. Now, we should walk in that way. We should be aware of how big he is and aware about what's going on. If you're going to truly stand firm, the things we've been talking about over the last month in Colossians in particular it's only going to happen if we continue to keep our minds focused on these kinds of truths and what God actually says. That's key. Why don't you stand with me, and we will pray together, which, by the way, is not a common thing, right? Consider, before we even do it, who are we about to talk to? We're not speaking into the air. Same way when we, we sing worship songs, we're not just singing to sing. 
This isn't the sound of music. We're not just singing out to the hills, okay, and spinning around in circles. We're talking to someone, aren't we? Who? Who? Say it with some conviction for Pete's sake. Yeah. Think about who we're talking to here. When you go through this week and you, you open up the Word of God, remember who you are hearing from. When you pray this week, whether it's driving down the road, whether it's a two-second prayer, whether it's time and extended time on your knees, remember who you're praying to. And remember that the devil is out there like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. He wants to chew you up and spit you out. But we, we don't have to worry about it because God is for us. And the Bible also says, right, if God is for us, right, can be against you. Let's pray to God. Lord God, blow our minds this morning. Give us a greater perspective of who you are. Lord, as we, we go through this week, continue to remind us of your majesty and your power. Remind us of your truth. As we read your word, Lord, just let it come alive to us and let us remember that it's you we're hearing from. It's not a dusty old book. It's, it's your word speaking to our hearts. As we pray to you this week, God, let us remember that we're talking to you. And you love us and you care about us. And Lord, this is, knowing you, serving you is, is so powerful. God, help us to grow closer in our relationship with you. Help us to see things the way that you do. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we thank you for this day. Lord, help us to, to take up this, this armor that we've read about. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said, amen. Go be the church.